A message from the comical heathen. It's not always easy to recognize if someone you love has become a member of a cult. Here are some of the warning signs. If you notice that they set the table for Chinese food with an odd number of chopsticks. If they're constantly talking about themselves in the fourth person. If their group has strange initiation rites that include taking out a bank loan. If their home has mirrors on the ceiling and pink champagne on the ceiling. If their leader laments not being able to date his daughter. If someone you love is demonstrating cult-like behaviors, direct them to the comical heathen. We could really use the followers. Welcome to today's episode of The Comical Heathen. This is your host and head heathen, Dr. Jerry Joppe, the world's most highly educated stand-up comedian. And I really wanted to reach out, say hi for the 12 people who actually listen to this podcast. You might notice that the last regular episode came out in July of 2021, I think is the year we're in right now. And it was uh, me and Jesse Pimpinella talking to Ben Redford about UFOs. It's a great episode. If you've missed it, go back and listen to it. But between July and now, I've had a lot of crazy shit going on. To, so I was on a kind of hiatus. And so to restart and kickstart this podcast, I thought I would do this episode, sort of a special behind the scenes episode where me and a couple of my friends I'm going to bring on in a minute are going to talk mostly about what, I, what I've been doing the past six months. If you don't know, if you hadn't seen on Facebook or whatever, I actually just spent this past fall running for city council in my current hometown of Painesville, Ohio. It's quite an experience. Uh, basically, I, I loved it. It's a little bit of a grind. There are things I don't love, didn't love about it. This is a friggin' satire podcast where the host just ran for city council. And I thought, hey, this is something that maybe we should talk about. So to help me talk about it, we have two of my comedy brothers, two of the regular stars in the firmament of Northeast Ohio Cleveland comedy. Two guys, I'm going to bring them on in the order that I met them. I first met our first guest at Bogey's Comedy Club in the bar. Uh, and if you don't know what Bogey's Comedy Club is or was, it's because you didn't do comedy for, in an 18 month window in the year 2010. <laughs> but I, in the bar of Bogey's Comedy Club, Bogey's Comedy Club is run by Kirk Bogus. He's still a headlining comedian touring the country. Uh, shout outs to Kirk. But the person I'm bringing on is my good friend, Jeremy Shear. Hi, Kirk. everybody. Hey, Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm also feeling really old because Bogey's is now a um, a hotel comedy club. It has moved <laughs> from a hotel in Woodmere to a hotel in Independence starting in uh, March, I believe. Yeah, I actually did. The last gig I did was at the last Bogey show at the former, like in November, former. Oh, right on. Yeah. So thank you, Kirk, and uh, break a leg in the future 
of your hotel-based comedy club. Hey, and my yeah. other friend I got with me, if you're if you're one of the 12 people who listen to this podcast, you've heard him before as a guest host. We met about 10, 11 years ago doing the Dave Schwenson workshop at the Cleveland Improv, and he just finally released his dry bar comedy special, I'm Not Shopping Here Today, Dan Brown. Hi, everyone. Uh, for the record, I was not around for the original bogeys. And it's not it's not me that just released my dry bar comedy special. I would have released it the next day. Um, <laughs> it was them that made me wait 18 months, which yeah. in hindsight, it's it's weird to complain because a couple of people just came out and they recorded theirs in 2018. So I really got no reason to bitch. <laughs> hey, you always have reasons to bitch. Never give up. Yeah. You know? Never let go. <laughs> Hold on to that anger. <laughs> and hey, Jeremy, I just want to mention, too, that you're part of the Sad Boys Sketch Comedy Club group. Sorry if I said that wrong. Sad Boys Social Club. It is Thank a you. Thank sketch you. comedy group. We have an album out on available on all platforms. That is audio sketches. And uh, we will be doing some more uh, audio visual mm-hmm. stuff. Since the, the pandemic is back out in full force again. So mm-hmm. it seems like if we want to do stuff, we're just going to have to record it. We are recording this conversation on December 23rd, 2021. So that is about two weeks into the real uh, surge that the Omicron variant has been creating. You know, we didn't come here today to talk about the Omicron variant or the coronavirus, uh, though that did come up during the campaign. I'll just say, statistically, Cuyahoga County, which is where Cleveland is, is the third hardest hit county in the country right now. Really? Uh, And it's mm -hmm. all because of Cleveland comedy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. There's no vaccine for that shit. I'm telling you, these people are like fleas on the backs of the plague rats, who I guess are the chuckle fuckers, and uh, they're spreading it all around. Bravo, that was a quick joke. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we're all struggling to do shows and whether or not we should do shows and canceling shows. I do. I did just schedule a Comical Heathen live show for Toledo on January 30th. You know, if things get worse, we will postpone it. So just watch for more announcements on Facebook and social media. But uh, people in Northwest Ohio in the Toledo Bowling Green area, look for me at the Collingwood Arts Center January 30th. All right, my friends. Uh, let me just, I guess, say one more thing for people listening at home. I invited Dan and Jeremy to come on and just we're going to spend a little time. They're going to ask me questions or make comments or whatever about what I got out of running for city council this past fall. And I guess in the spirit of... um improv theater, I just want to say I literally have no idea what either of them are about to say or ask. So I'm going on the same journey you are. So my friends, what do you think? Where's a good place to start with all of this? Uh, My opening question is, was it worth cutting your hair to lose an election? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, the first incarnation of the Comical Heathen Live show featured me with my fairly lengthy Jesus-y hair or Jonathan Winters, not Jonathan Winters, what was the guitar player Winters? Edgar Winters hair, it's called by one uh, wank. But um, yeah, so I did get a haircut. I to tell my friends, I was like, I was uh, going on a job interview. So if I really wanted the job, I guess I should get a haircut. I will say, I don't know if it was worth it. I, it was worth it for now. One of the things about cutting my hair, hey, Jeremy, I have a, I have a fashion theory here. Here's a life hack, everybody. Uh, I've always right. said... If you have a beautiful face, you should have short hair. And if you have beautiful hair, you should have long hair. And I, of course, can do either. Well, good for you. <laughs> I, uh, I I heard tell that your opponent was saying if he's willing to sell out and cut his hair, 
just to get elected. Imagine <laughs> what he'll do once he gets elected. Yeah, I don't know how much is, this is the questions and commentaries can be driven by you two guys. How much we're going to actually talk about my so-called opponent, uh, either in reality or by or the myth, turn him into a myth and just make him into a character. The only thing I know about him is that he's Jimmy Graham's cousin. <laughs> is that, that I, is is that I, true? Uh, fact? Is that true as far as you know? As far as I like the the way I found out you lost the election is on Instagram stories and Jimmy Graham's like, hey, my cousin beat some comic in an election. Congratulations, cousin. So. I do have a question. How icky did you feel standing next to John Plechnik? <laughs> John uh, uh, is a college professor. So we focused on what we have in common, not what we not the icky parts. <laughs> Well, Jerry, I don't ever see you with a, a picture of you with your arm around Jim Jordan. So I don't think you have that much in common. <laughs> Nor shall you. No, it's uh, Lake County. Uh, I mean, I ran as a Democrat. I was endorsed by Lake County Democratic Party for all the good that it did me. But Lake County outside of Painesville is all Republican. It's like yes. Painesville is like the Democratic island in the county. And everywhere else is Trump signs and crazy people. Oh, I know. I, I, I live in Eastlake and uh, <laughs> I see the Trump flag still waving proud. I've got friends in Eastlake. They have their um, we welcome everyone. Welcome, Matt. Stolen like five times. <laughs> <laughs> they had a they had a love is real sign that got stolen. It's just that kind of spot. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a neighbor. Uh, it's probably a mile up the road has a Trump sign. Fine. It's a free country, whatever. But it's one of these kind of homemade signs that shows Trump with like a, like he's Rambo, like a bandana and a big machine gun. Uh, And it it says uh, Donald Trump kicking as A-Z-Z. And when he, uh, that sign is still up, the whoever, the owner has like slapped a sticker or a sign on it to put the word still. So now it says Donald Trump still kicking as. Jesus. (laughs) You know, what's great is that they put Donald Trump's head on a cop killer's body. Yes. And these are the same people going blue lives matter. Yes. So that's uh that's that leads me into my next question. What was the most uh morally ambiguous thing you had to do uh in order to successfully campaign? Wow. I'm just pausing because I'm thinking about things that happened on the campaign. Because my opponent, his name was Derek, is also a, a Democrat. There was two Democrats. So there was a feeling that. If any Republicans were going to vote, they didn't have like a natural person to vote for. So I am about as left as a person can be. Like, think about where Bernie Sanders is and then go left of that. Like, he's a little too conservative for me. Yes, I heard your campaign slogan was an old man with young ideas. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have anyone that clever on my team, unfortunately. (laughs) So there was like a strategizing of, uh, like city council is not that political of a thing. You like vote on the budget and zoning shit. It's not, there's no healthcare or national defense or whatever that, that comes up that much. So I guess I was trying to talk to everybody and be like that uh, consensus centrist, which is probably what I would be if I was on city council because you don't get those big social agenda items that often. But there were many times when I was knocking on doors when people would describe themselves like, oh, I'm a Republican. I'd say, oh, everyone in my family is a Republican. I voted for Bush the elder. Like these things are all true. 
But mm-hmm. I didn't say to someone who introduced themselves as a Republican, oh, that's funny. I'm left of Bernie Sanders, but I still want you to vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I mean, it was mostly true, but it was one of those things where like you phrase it a certain way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Like for when I tell people what kind of comedy I like, like, well, in the eighties, I really liked Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry, I have a question here. What made you want to run for city council? Was it mm. something you've always wanted to do? Or was there something you saw in your city that you were like, you know what, maybe I can step up and maybe lead this mm. a little bit better? I think it's something I've always wanted to do. But as a college teacher, from like age 20 to 40, I every few years I'd move because that's a common thing for college teachers to move to different colleges and different cities. So I never really felt like I lived in Painesville. I felt like I was like temporarily living here while I looked for other jobs and wondered how long I'd live here. And uh, I don't know if it coincidentally coincided with the pandemic, but just about a year or two ago, it really, as dumb as it's going to sound, I realized I've been living here for 11 or 12 years and that maybe I live in Painesville now <laughs> and that maybe I should get you know more involved mm-hmm. in my community. And I Makes have done sense. some volunteer stuff here and there for the Democratic Party in Lake County, but nothing that major, just flyers or going to an office once in a while, uh, county fair booths. And I just, I found out that a city council person was stepping down so there would be no incumbent. Because there's no way I would run against an incumbent. It's just so hard to beat an incumbent. Uh, but if it's an open seat, at least it's more of a fair fight. So <laughs> I thought, yeah, just like kind of like a the timing of it worked out with what was on my mind. But Jerry, do you know why that is? I mean, I just ask because people always talk about like, I remember growing up, like Congress had such a low approval rating, mm-hmm. but you always see these congressmen mm-hmm. get reelected. I mean, yeah. same thing with Senate and all that that kind of stuff there. Um, I imagine it's the same for city council. Is it because people think it's everyone else who's not the problem? Yeah, it's two. I mean, there's at least two things. Uh, This is, and I didn't prepare any notes for this, but it's about 90% of the time incumbents win. So it's definitely hard to overcome an incumbent. You know, the 10% who lose, I'm sure there's a controversy. You know, they say a live boy or a dead girl, that kind of thing. Yeah, Dan, you're basically hit the main thing. People hate Congress, but like their congressperson. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Toledo. That's where Marcy Captor is our, actually, because they have gerrymandering, Marcy Captor <laughs> might be your <laughs> congressperson right now as well. Uh, most Democrats, you know, like Marcy Captor, but Congress is dysfunctional. So there's like disconnect. They, people don't blame their own congressperson for how much they dislike it. Also, if you're an incumbent, it's way easier to raise money. People will just give more money to an incumbent. So you get a financial advantage as well. That's that's uh, that's my next question. How did the uh, Jerry Joppy for city council kissing booth go? And did you find <laughs> any other fun ways to raise money? Well, uh, the kissing booth went terribly. I mean, I, uh, even in college, I remember uh, going on a date and taking a girl home and leaving her at the door and giving her a kiss and then having her go, Jerry, that's the worst kiss I've ever had. <laughs> and it has been downhill from there. So never had a good teacher, I guess, you know, f- to run for city council, you don't need to spend a lot of money. You could probably do it for a few hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars. But I did have some problems as a beginner. I had a picnic as a fundraiser. And it's like, you know, what if you had a revolution and no one showed up? Mm. I literally had four people show up who donated money. One or two people said, I can't make it and gave me a little bit of money. 
I probably raised 60 or $70 at that event. It cost me $300. So <laughs> wow, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And another dumb, funny thing, I had one advisor say something you got to figure out is you don't want to buy more literature like yard signs and flyers and shit than you're going to use. Like you actually want to run out of that stuff. And it's hard for beginners to gauge that. So I ordered a box of 50 yard signs and I gave them out pretty fast. Like my friends and neighbors, that was about 50 signs. And another local Politico said, oh, Painesville can handle 150 signs. You should get 150 signs. And so I went home and that and uh, ordered a hundred more signs. I have 80 in my garage. So uh, that uh, was another several hundred dollars just utterly wasted. And it, I remember I called the guy after I had the signs and said, hey, I got those extra signs. Where should I put them? And he goes, I don't know. Have you asked your neighbors? Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, he did put up a couple for me, but not 80. <laughs> what was the most eye-opening thing about running for city council? Like, what was something that you really learned along the way that you were like, holy shit, I didn't re quite realize it like this? Because I'm a boring academic, I do a lot of research. I don't know that I had any holy shit moments, but I'll tell you something that I noticed that made me go like, huh. Actually, Dan, I thought of two things. So I kept a diary and I went to a city council meeting. I had my diary in my lap. And within three sentences, here's the first thing I wrote down. Everyone in this room is white. Mm. Mm. Uh, city council, seven. First of all, I'm white. I don't have any white hate. I'm just making an observation. Seven, all seven city council members were white. Our city manager and assistant city manager and his secretary and the legal counsel, all white, all good people. I'm not criticizing anyone. But Painesville is a town that's 25% African-American and about 45 to 50% people of color. And uh, people of color, which I know a woman named Marcita who runs Lake County Black Lives Matter, the community sees that. You know, they see that half the town is not white, but 100% of city council is white. Now, Jimmy Graham's cousin slash my opponent who won is an African-American gentleman. And congratulations, he got the most votes. And I hope he represents his community, makes them proud. But even with that, now one seventh of the city council will be not white. So that was something that was a little bit of a, I wasn't expecting until I saw it. And then the other thing I was going to say is that um, one of the topics I was researching and interested in and wanted to try to help. If you know Painesville a little bit, it's known for homelessness in the area. The only homeless shelter in Lake County is in Painesville. There are several soup kitchens in Painesville. You know, city and county jails are in Painesville. So mm -hmm. a lot of homeless people congregate for various reasons here. And um, I saw on two different city council meetings, homelessness come up and I'm just in the audience. So it's nothing to do with me. It's came up on the agenda. And um, everyone on city council, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but the way city council as a group discussed it was to say, hey, uh, we know, recognize it's an issue, but it's a county issue. It's not a Painesville issue. And until the county gets involved, the city can only do so much. There might even be some bureaucratic truth in that, but that just not seem like the answer of someone who wanted to try to do something about homelessness in their city. Fantastic. I know when I was uh, going to be homeless out in Lake County, it was a uh giant pain in the took us to get services and yeah everything had to be done in Painesville right which uh when the buses are the way they are in Lake County it sucks mm. to go to Painesville and then like have to navigate your way to somewhere to sleep <laughs> right 
Uh, Jerry, what were some issues that people came to you thinking somebody on city council could help out with that were totally out of totally out of your hands? Like, let's say you won. There was still nothing you could have done. Nothing I could have done. Actually, uh, there's a, an issue that's like that. And that is so-called critical race theory. I was hoping you would say that. I'm, I'm <laughs> interested in things people brought to you about that. We have a separate, like everywhere in America, school board. And city council has nothing to do with school board. It's two completely separate entities and, and budgets. And so I'd be going door to door and it didn't happen often, but again, uh, let's say three or four times people brought it up as what they were most passionate about. And I would just, rather than argue with them about it, I would just say, well, that's a school board issue. You know, I can't, that's not something that city council is gonna uh, deal with. You know, Lake County being, kind of schizophrenic in terms of Painesville being left and the rest of the county being right. Painesville school board, they have no problem. They, but the other school boards like Mentor, they were getting crazy people showing up at school board meetings, like screaming at the school board about critical race theory. And uh, so even in Painesville, it wasn't, because it leans left, I suppose, wasn't even an issue for the school board. But that was one. Some advice they'll give you if you're running for local office is that there's only two topics that most people care about, and they're called they're S and S, streets and safety. So safety is police, fire, ambulances, you know, 911, all of that. And then um, streets, I guess because I don't worry about it that much myself, I was surprised how many people talked about the streets. There's some things city council probably could do to get involved, but people warned me that people would talk about streets. And uh snow plows, potholes, our sidewalk program. It came up a lot. So that uh, surprised me a little bit as well. So how much do you think the fact that you don't own a traditional pet, like a cat or a dog, <laughs> and instead own some sort of rodent, like a <laughs> rabbit, and how much did uh, that hurt you amongst the common man? <laughs> You know, um, rabbits used to be considered rodents, but taxonomically, they're their own branch of the tree of life now. I do think it hurt because Dan's hero, John Johnny P, was constantly making appearances with his dog. I don't know if you mm. know that, Dan. I kept going to events that John was at, and John would have this huge dog with him. I'm so aware he, that he brings his dog places. Right. You can't bring your... And people run up to the dog and hug the dog and want to take pictures with the dog. Of course. My, I can't do that with my rabbit. I'm not taking my rabbit out. I'm not taking it on a leash. I'm not letting strangers hold it or take pictures with it. So I think I missed a lot of like that kind of handshaking, baby kissing, because I have the wrong kind of pet. You could have borrowed Heyman by Heyman Giant St. Bernard. Heyman is a wonderful animal that takes too many medications. I can't be responsible for him. <laughs> Speaking of embarrassing things in your life. Oh, boy. I, what can you tell me about the rumor that the farther you go with a baby, the higher your poll numbers go. Yeah, well, that like, works in Al that works in Alabama. I don't know how well that works in uh, <laughs> Ohio. Maybe certain counties. Did you have an opportunity to buy the election, and if so, why didn't you? <laughs> no opportunity presented itself, and uh, in in the age in which we live, that's the perfect question, actually. I can't tell you how many friends like texted me that night or the next morning advising me to um, deny that I lost, <laughs> refuse to accept the results of the election. Was I one of them? Yes. I was about to that. say, I'm pretty sure I was too, just as a joke. You, uh, well, you and Gaz have the same sense of humor then. <laughs>
and, my brother, me. and my brother Joseph, which that's a whole <laughs> other story. But that's at least three different people. I definitely, by the way, met both QAnon people and people with mental health, I mean, by which I, of course, mean with great sympathy, serious mm-hmm. mental health issues. And that's something that you have to navigate, both the QAnon people. And I was talking to a homeless woman who was very nice, and I just extricated myself from the conversation, but she was like beyond conspiracy theories. She was explaining that the CIA had replaced all the children in Painesville with robot children. And I don't say that to mock her. I say that to say that's the kind of situation I was finding myself in sometimes. What are you going to do to to get rid of the robot children? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, they're going to be teaching them critical race, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. I, <laughs> <laughs> almost, Dad. Almost. Critical race, Jerry. Yeah. That's, that's Jerry's <laughs> new uh, hip-hop name. Critical, critical race, race, Jerry. In the building. <laughs> Oh, I, I can rap. see that being a skit on uh, Sad Boy's Social Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Critical race, Jerry. Can I wear a cape? That's all I want. As long as I can wear a cape. Oh, we've my... got capes. Superhero. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> we know you do, Dan. <laughs> do you know how many people voted in the Painesville election but did not vote for city council? I asked because... You know, here in East Lake, I I went out and I voted. I did my my mm-hmm. duty as an American, and mm-hmm. I left City Council completely blank because I looked up every single person and did not like right. a single one of them. Right. And in my opinion, you know, yeah, it's it's shitty, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm saying my vote is not. None of these people were worth my vote. Yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. So you can go on lake county board of elections and they have all the election results there it's transparent they don't list anybody's like who voted for who but they have all the tallies there for people to look at so that information could probably be figured out but it's not self-evident you'd have to like do some math and see how many people voted here how many people voted here there might be a a total somewhere as well i know that approximately 1300 people voted in my race i got 500 some 540, 550, I don't have it in front of me, over 500. My opponent got around 800. So round numbers, I was saying he won by 250 votes. But I don't know any of these sort of like a deeper dive type statistics. I'm, uh, I'm pulling it up right now just because now I'm curious. <laughs> I have uh, I have some statistics here. Yeah. It says that uh, you, uh, you got 0% of the Asian woman vote in Painesville. <laughs> And I think that's very suspect. <laughs> um, it's an, I would call it an irregularity. <laughs> so friends know, and Dan and Jeremy, of course, know my wife is Japanese. and uh, But my wife is, in fact, still a Japanese citizen and so cannot vote. So mm. I was uh, letting people know that I needed someone to vote in her place so that I got at least <laughs> one vote. But indeed, the um, Asian female contingency living in my house definitively did not vote for me (laughs) curses she's lived at this point in america more than she lived in japan because she moved to Mm. america in her young 20s and but she thinks of herself as japanese which is her you know again it's her identity politics so i support her but i would tell her you know if you became an american citizen you could vote just in general she didn't care that much then she Mm. hated donald trump so much i was like now's your chance yuki (laughs) Mm-hmm. become an American citizen and you can vote against Donald Trump. Even if he wins, you'll have the satisfaction of knowing you voted against him. But no, even that could not motivate her to give up 
Uh, and Japan doesn't allow dual citizenship. So if she becomes uh, a U.S. citizen, she has to give up her Japanese citizenship. And I think that's the sticking point. So do you think uh, Painesville is not ready for a Jewish city council person? <laughs> when people were suggesting to me that I contest the election, uh, the, the theme of anti-Semitism was one of the things I was instructed to bring up. Mm. There's a synagogue out in Mentor. I have not met... In the, I've lived in Painesville. If people who are not from Northeast Ohio, Mentor is like the sister city. It's right next door. They're both in Lake County. That's why Mentor keeps getting mentioned in this conversation. There's a synagogue in Mentor, but uh, I've not met very many Jewish people by the time I've been in Painesville. There may be more Jewish people in this podcast right now than I've met in <laughs> I find that's a lot of people's experience with Jewish people around here. <laughs> yeah, if you want to meet a Jewish person, go on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, Jerry, out of curiosity, and I, I don't know if you can say it or if you'll edit it out or if you're, you know, okay. what's the worst thing someone said to you on your campaign? Like you something to... that maybe even took you to be like, what the fuck was that? Well, I mean, it's got to be queuing on people. Okay. Uh, you know, I have an a, a acquaintance, this gentleman, uh, I, a person I won't mention by name. Well, I don't know why not. <laughs> he's a QAnon. He's an anti-vaxxer. He is a Sandy Hook denier. Just say Michael Ivey. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Michael Ivey's in Austin. He's no longer our problem. Yeah. <laughs> that will make my vow to never do another comedy show with him easier to fulfill. <laughs> In Austin, the most liberal city in Texas. What is he doing? Joe Rogan went there, buddy. So that's, <laughs> that's where Michael decided he had to go. Well, I, I wish him well in his life's journey. As uh, do I. The other, the anonymous QAnoner, when he got into Sandy Hook denying, that's almost worse than robot children, Mike. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have more sympathy, uh, more in common with the robot children woman than I do with the QAnoner who's a Sandy Hook denier. Crisis actors and faking children's deaths and that. And all to because they just want to take your guns away. That's probably QAnon shit is the most shocking stuff that I heard. Because political stuff, even the critical race theory, which, you know, all level-headed people know is a bunch of nonsense. There's something to be said to the idea that people who screamed at at school boards might be psychotic, but they might also like have something they're concerned about. Like, is there something underneath that at least we can dialogue about? But when you start in with the Sandy Hook deniers and some of the other QAnon conspiracy theories, you just lose all sympathy, conversationally anyway. Can I can I run a bit by you guys? Yes. So this is this is a uh, this is my my brand new uh, conspiracy theory bit. It's called uh, Straight Alex Jones. <clears throat> <laughs> They're turning the frogs straight. Thank you. That was uh, Straight Alex Jones. <laughs> I like it. It's uh, it's going to get me mad, uh, mad plays on the radio. <laughs> you know, Jeremy, that's actually not a bad idea for for something for for you to do, like a like a a different type of Alex Jones. I uh, I've been trying to build that into a thing, but mm -hmm. I haven't figured out quite how to do it yet. If we went back to the simpler time of 2015, I started a notebook for a character. And the notebook was I've just started keeping track of the crazy stuff that Republicans in 2015 were saying. And I was going to do a character that just all the dialogue was like a montage of those comments. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not a joke to say that a few weeks later, Donald Trump announced his presidency, and that's literally what he was doing. Oh, he, man. He just took all the stuff from Twitter and from sound bites and turned it into his script. And I just put that <laughs> notebook in a drawer and forgot about it. <laughs> when I was a when I was a sophomore in college, I took a uh, media editing class. And um, one of the projects was that we had to do a 60 second long commercial. And it was shortly after Barack Obama was elected president. And I was like, hey, what if we made like the most ridiculous candidate possible? And I was like, what if we we promised to build a wall around Parma? And (laughs) I started making like in me and my group, we just started throwing out all these ideas and just one after another. And then all these years later, we saw a guy say very similar things <laughs> yes. to what we did. And we yes. were like, no, this was meant to be a joke. <laughs> I have that video somewhere. Yeah. I gotta, yeah. I'll, I'll find it and send it. Yeah. Yeah. So this leads us back into the campaign. So I know that uh, one of the things you ran on was the difficulty of finding a, uh, a white slave in Painesville. Now, um, I know you didn't get elected, but is there anything else that... Uh, you can speak on this issue. I mean, it's very easy to find a Hispanic slave, but uh, white slaves, the scarcity mm-hmm. is going up. Yeah, I mean, at this point, adoption seems like your only option. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it legally. Right, I know, that's the hard part, right? I mean, do you have a garage? You're not going to get anywhere without a garage. No, I don't have a garage. I, I the, There's a shed, but I don't have shed. a key to it. <laughs> right. Some people try basements, but I, I don't know. I feel like basements aren't as secure somehow. There's too many ways out. That's true. You need a good garage. Yeah. That's I mean, true. No, Remember that Castro guy in Cleveland? He left his people in a basement and an attic. They got the fuck out of there. I think, uh, I think that girl's still mad at me. <laughs> she was on a show, right? When you did a was, bit about it, right? That was at Three Buddies, right? I forget the name of the spot. It was in Brunswick. Yeah. The Jeff Weaver show. Yeah, man. It's funny because like people were giving me shit for doing a kidnapping joke, but Tim Danko did his like Scooby-Doo has a rape band joke. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That same show. So it's like, who's the real bastard? (laughs) It's it's also not a bit and nothing really that I want to say explosive happened. It's a boring city small town city council politics. There might've been some jibes here or some things that could be documented that were inappropriate, but occasionally people would say to me something, you'll know what I mean. Well, Jerry, that's politics. Well, Jerry, Mm. it's politics. If something annoying happened or whatever, some troll put something on one of my Facebook posts. Well, Jerry, it's politics. And uh, in the back of my mind, all I was thinking was, well, when this campaign is over, all I can tell you is that's comedy. (laughs) That's comedy. (laughs) That might be politics, <laughs> but this is comedy. So, you know, you yeah. you have your world, I have mine. There's definitely uh, things to be processed and things to be made fun of. If anyone has anything else they want to make sure they say or questions they want to ask or um, sarcasms they want to, roastings they want to get out of their system, I guess it's also a standard comedy podcast thing to end with people going over any upcoming appearances. I know there's less going on because of the Omicron. I have that one thing probably january 30th in toledo you guys have anything coming up in the next few months you want to mention da, 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 da. i'm in random lake wisconsin on new year's eve mm. um i'm all over the place well send Fremont. us 
make sure oh, I get a, well, just make sure I get a link to your website. I'll put it in the show descriptions if people want to look up your shows. Sounds but good. You, you are doing a New Year's Eve show in Wisconsin. Break yes, a leg, random have fun. Thank Drive, you. Are you driving out there? I am driving. Drive safe. They hope you have good weather. Thank you. And Jeremy, I know Proud Boys was doing some shows, and then you're sort of on an Omicron-related break, I guess? Yeah, we're on an Omicron-related break uh, for now, but uh, hopefully after the first of the year, I'll have some uh, live stuff to start announcing with uh, my own mm -hmm. solo stuff and mm -hmm. Sad Boys. So well, well, if, it's just if... a matter of uh, nailing down a couple of dates. Right. Excellent. Well, people, 12 people listening to this podcast today, make sure you watch Jeremy's social media for when those dates come out. And hey, I want to thank you guys for helping me do this sort of like a welcome back to the Comical Heathen podcast episode. Um, I just want to say, uh, as I always do at the end of every episode these days, it may be your dogma, but it's my karma. And I'm all about spreading the love. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>